Welcome, consumed listeners, to another season of the podcast that stokes candid conversations with California eaters, drinkers, thinkers, and makers. And speaking of stoking, I'm stoked you're here. How California is that? This season, I spoke exclusively with women in the wine industry, and it was a transformative experience on my end. These are smart, accomplished, and dare I say, ballsy people I interviewed from diverse experiences, cultures, and walks of life. Oh, and I chatted with them outdoors to be COVID safe. Don't be surprised if you hear a lawnmower, barking dog, or wind chime in the breeze. This is my backyard. Welcome. I want to say something here about one of my biggest supporters and cheerleaders, Rancho de Onaveros Wines in California's Santa Maria Valley. Vigneron James Onaveros is an example of a man who shares his platform with the women in his life, business, and industry, including me. He wrote a post on Instagram about the all-women crews that work at Rancho de Onaveros, and I wanted to share that with you. He wrote, There's a sense of detail and accuracy that I've always admired and appreciated out of our crew of ladies. The level of detail and care is unmistakably fantastic. In a business where every little detail adds up in the end to something superior, if done well, it truly matters. I'm always impressed and privileged with the results from this excellent team. Many thanks to Ranchos de Onaveros and James for his support of this podcast and the diversity of voices in the wine industry. For more information about Ranchos de Onaveros wines, visit ranchosdeonaveros.com. Many thanks as well to Slow Life Magazine, the publication that puts the people of San Luis Obispo County in the spotlight. For my next food column in the magazine, I'm writing about rogue pizza makers. That's folks who make and sell their artisan pizzas through non-traditional channels, like from their home kitchen. It turns out there's a real trend here on the Central Coast of secret pizza people who use social media to promote and sell their stuff. Check out the next issue of Slow Life Magazine for more information or visit slowlifemagazine.com. At just 25 years old, vineyard management supervisor Alondra Torres has accomplished more than many people twice her age. A resident of Santa Maria, California, Alondra works for Coastal Vineyard Services, a company that manages vineyards across the Central Coast, providing crews to prune, manage canopies, irrigation, pest abatement, and harvest, among other services. Alondra started as a crew member when her first child was just a baby, and she worked full-time while caring for her baby and studying for her high school diploma. The owner of Coastal Vineyard Services, Kevin Wilkinson, saw something special in Alondra and knew she could rise through the ranks of the company. Alondra talked with me about her family, the benefits and challenges of her work, and how COVID has affected her life. Enjoy my discussion with Alondra Torres. Alondra Torres, thank you for making time out of the pruning season to come talk to Mm me. How are you doing today? (laughs) It's good. We're in the sunshine. Do you want to do masks now? We can. Yeah. Okay. It's fine. Um... Yeah, it's good. Sun is shining. Some dogs are barking around the corner. Um, so I, I heard about you through my friend Ben Taylor, who um, was working with Tally Vineyards for a while. Now he's doing his own thing. But um, I asked him, you know, I had heard about women crews before on um, doing, you know, for vineyard services and vineyard management. And I just, I found that really interesting. I'd n- I had never heard of that before. And I asked him if he knew of anyone who would be able to talk to me about it. And he said, oh, I've got this, 
I, I know this young woman who is just incredible. Her name is Alondra. And um, I think she would be so great to talk about it on, on your podcast. So, um, yeah, I'm just delighted to have you here and to learn a little bit more about what your job is and how you got here. So if you were like at a barbecue or a party or something and someone said, what do you do for a living? What would you tell them? Um, well, I basically describe myself as we, we run vineyards. My job is basically super supervisor right now at this point. Yeah. Um, I started from the bottom. I started working inside a crew, basically yeah. in the crew. Um, and then from there I became a foreman and from a foreman I became into a supervisor, which is good because, um, it helped me a lot to learn the procedure into managing a vineyard. Mm. Um, as especially because each job is done due to timing, timing, like jobs need to be done. The prunies at certain time and then, um, shoothening and then leafing and to get all that canopy management done too. Mm -hmm. And it just takes, everything has its time, it's due to time and it has its procedure too as well. It's everything. Yeah. 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 I don't think most wine drinkers fully realize how, how much goes into that bottle at the end between, and you're, you're so right from what I understand, timing is everything. So there's a season, obviously harvest people know about, Mm -hmm. but directly after harvest, what's the next thing after that? After harvest, we do erosion control, Mm -hmm. getting everything done, ready for erosion, uh, rain, when we start having some rain. Um, We do flush lines. We have to do flush, like basically the irrigation system as well. And getting everything ready for basically for dormancy. And so you're like repairing lines and... and Yeah, making sure everything's especially flushed. Like we need to flush like... Oh, flush, like flush it through. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, the this irrigation system. And um, after that, that's when we, we start having usually the crews here in Edna. Yeah. We start pruning, like, I would say mid, mid of January. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when the guys start, you know, coming in. And then we have the ladies go behind them, like, as they're pruning, they're, like, loosening up some cordons when they start removing, making some big cuts, yeah. like absolutely big cuts. So ladies come in and their job is to usually tie all the, the cordons they're leaving, yeah. you know, loose. We can't, we the cordons to... being the, like, al- along cordons. the wires, those long things that yeah. like tee out, right? Yeah. Okay. Depending yeah. on how people yeah. are. Because cordons, I mean, that's, when we do spur pruning, it's basically an established vine already. Yes. It takes three years to establish a vine. Yeah. Three years. So it's a lot. It is a lot. I mean, we've talked about that on this podcast multiple times. It's just like how much time and effort and money goes into it before oh, yeah, you definitely. even get a grape. Yeah. Yeah. So that's spur pruning to me. It's like, I think it's like the easiest, easiest pruning system to do. Yeah. So we also have the head trying vines, uh, which is where we renew canes every year. Mm-hmm. And like, I had, well, usually we try to have like our goal for pruning is to lower their our spur site. Yeah. That's like the number one thing. Is that the surface of the spur that can get yeah. infected or like uh, sick? We it? just try to like lower it down to keep it and usually to keep it parallel. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. With the, when we start, when the ladies start coming in and the shoots are growing, we um, put the wire, the first trellis wire up. Yeah. And we want to keep it like parallel, basically the gotcha. spur site. Yeah. Um, so our goal is to lower it down, like our spur site, not let it get higher and higher. So um, we usually do, I would say, 
seven spur positions mm-hmm. when it gets to spur pruning. Um, and then for cane prunes, we sometimes do overlap. We overlap overlap canes yeah. to have more production. Yeah. Um, we did plenty of that here at Jesperson Ranch mm-hmm. in, in Slow. We did it on all the Chardonnay. Yeah. Like that, it was, it was a decision they took, the winemakers took, actually. Did they kind of all decide that? Was that a, a trend, like everybody was making the same decision? Uh, it usually comes from them. That's They okay. decide. Okay. The winemakers decide or the owners. Mm-hmm. And then um, to see what's the better way if they want more like crops, mm-hmm. more production. Um, and that was something that changed actually this year because last year we were just doing actually one cane. Mm. Just one mm-hmm. on each side. So we're, o- we're overlapping it this time. And then in some certain blocks, we did do also a cane and a half. So we would wrap the first one and the other one we would wrap it like just half ways and then cut. Interesting. And when you double, so you're doubling them up on the yeah. same wire. We're overlapping them. And does it produce twice as much? Again, probably. probably, yeah. Wow, yeah, that is a big decision. Yeah, and we kind of have uh, an issue there because it's like a flat area. It's very yeah. flat, especially with, it, with frost protection. It gets, we need to like kind of add a little bit more buds because we... To avoid damaging too, hmm. Hmm. so we're trying to get more crop, more grapes out of it. So yeah. I think it, it was a decision they took. Maybe I, I have no idea specifically why, but um, I think it's because they wanted more, more yeah. production. Yeah, like I mentioned, it's very flat there, and we don't. It's we get really. Um, we can get really bad damages depending to frost protection. So you're guessing, I know you don't know, but you're guessing that they wanted to double up on production because it's flat, which means more frost. And so maybe yeah. does that mean that there's more to choose from when the frost hits? Like to pick, you know, because there's double the amount of fruit, you have more yeah. choices. If something gets damaged, you have kind of a backup plan? Do you yeah. think that's it? Yeah, it's, okay. it's basically like a backup plan. Wow. Yeah. Are you mostly talking about Jesperson or all over Edna? All over Edna. Okay. So Jesperson's like the one of the ranches that we have more um, cane, that's more cane pruning system mm-hmm. there because mm-hmm. um, it's a different pruning system. That's where we usually take longer with the ladies crews because they have a lot of time to do. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's a lot of a lot of time there. Yeah. It takes like it took a like took us like I would say two weeks. Wow. Like almost two weeks to tie all those. How many, how many women are on our crew? Oh, like right now we have uh, 13, I believe. So. Okay. Oh, so that's like actually smaller than I thought. It's probably a pretty tight group then. Yeah. 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 So we're trying to get make a bigger crew because we're going to need more more ladies. Because like I was mentioning, as a, as a uh, procedure goes, um, we have to have them also um, painting the, the big wounds that they're, they're doing yeah. to avoid diseases. Yeah. Like Utypa. Yeah. Especially the... I always tell them it's like a, the cuts are like a quarter size yeah, or bigger, especially the ones that are pointing up. Because huh. when we have all this, um, you know, that morning breeze. Yeah. Um, that kind of. Does that, that spread that, disease? Yes. That causes okay. diseases on big cuts. As you can see, we can, when you make a big cut, we do have like some sap. Yeah. Like, like, like bleeding. They, they would say like bleeding. Mm-hmm. So we're trying, that's, we're trying to protect it and avoid like, like I said, diseases. That's the, that's the point. Yeah. for us to do that's like one of the main um one of the main things we need to get done yeah. before even tying but we try to get all the cane um cane prune vines 
tied up before um, we start getting some swollen buds too, mm-hmm. just so we don't damage them either as well. Right, Be swollen really buds being like the beginning of production. Yeah. yeah. And when it gets really cold, we can't have the ladies tie because we they, they basically snap. Oh, because crack. it's so cold, yeah. Yeah. So usually we try to wait till, because it's been really cold lately, I'm sure yes. you've seen. Yeah. It's We've actually hit, I believe, uh, 28 degrees. Get out of here. Yes. There. Well, especially out there, I think I think where I am, where we are sitting right now, I mean, you know, it has its own microclimate. And I think it's warmer right here than it is out in Edna. But, I mean, it's famous for getting pretty chilly out there. Oh, yeah. Not like Paso, though, right? Paso is, like, really, really cold. Is that right? Um, I'm really, I'm usually stay up here. I this stay in is south. your spot. Okay. I stay in south. We do have our, our team. Um, we have our team over there in, up north yeah. in Paso, so... But usually I was, I'm usually, I usually stay more with South. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. So with these, I'm going to keep coming back to this because it's so fascinating, but with these women crews, why, why keep a bunch of ladies together to do the work? And what's the difference between their work and say a crew of, of men coming out? They're probably more neat. <laughs> neat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say they're a little bit more neat. They're yeah. more, they do a most are nice jo- nicer job. Yeah. Um, they're more careful. Hmm. Yeah, I would say. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, and we try to, so usually like when I want to see when a job needs to get done, I like to test myself out too. Mm-hmm. How long mm-hmm. does it take me to do each fine? Yeah. So I can be like, okay, this is going a little bit too slow. Yeah. Um, but if it, if it's going too slow, I want to see the reason why. Yeah. So I try to make things um, work a little bit more better, a little bit more faster, especially right now that with COVID. Yeah. Um, I have these every other row. So oh the gosh. so I have them separate. Like I they have to do social distancing. So they get their own row. They go in one row and then they come back in the other one. Okay, okay. So it's a, every two rows we have what person there. Yeah. And I we have to write their name down to see who and whose row, you know, where they're at each person. For tracing probably, yeah. right? Has that has COVID really swept through or, or are you not seeing much of it? We haven't had it's actually thank god we don't have we haven't had that issue like fantastic here mm-hmm. in south um but i mean it's spreading i mean i, I heard it's been spreading a, little, a lot more yeah i did um i lost my grandma barely like a week ago because over covid she died of covid i never asked you but when we had to reschedule this mm-hmm. and you said that it was that your grandmother had passed away which i'm just so sorry but i wondered if it was covid yeah it was for covid she was 85 years old yeah um, she actually didn't really last long cause she was in the hospital a Saturday by noon and Monday at five, almost 6am she passed away. Wow. Wow. That is fast. Yeah. Fast. It was very fast. And, um, it seemed like she, she felt like she was actually going to pass away cause she was just, she was like saying that she wanted to, um, for everybody to pray for her since for God would forgive her, I guess she was. Oh gosh, that's a like lot if she felt like she was gonna pass away, or I don't know. Oh man, how's your family doing? Um, they're doing a lot more better. My mom was like, she was extremely, extremely sad. Yeah, I was like, I mean, that's why a lot of people, a lot of a lot of people don't take it serious. And I mean, it's something serious, and it's COVID is real. Yeah, and it's just that not everybody sees it the same, and they. Mm-hmm. Just hope everybody would see it, take it with, you know, seriously. Yeah. 
because it's real. (laughs) It probably feels so much more real to you right now. Also, I think if we all had a family member who died or became seriously, like, gravely ill, we would all believe it more, you know. I've had, I mean, I've had my family members, I've been positive to COVID. But, I mean, like, I I really wanted to go to my my grandmother's funeral, but I didn't go because... I mean, I have my kids, too, and I can't expose my family either. And my mother didn't go either because, I mean, she doesn't want to expose anybody. She doesn't want to be exposed to COVID, especially because she passed away over COVID. What a weird time to be alive. Yeah. But (sighs) it honestly helps me a lot more being at work because it kind of, like, keeps me busy, keeps my mind kind of, like, going. And I'm doing something that's keeping me busy than just being home, like, four wall room and then you're just all depressed (laughs) totally totally and your work it sounds like right now especially is um it is busy and it's active the things that you need to coordinate and do yeah yeah you told me that you started out um you know from the very bottom what Mm -hmm. was that like how did you get that job did were you interested in it to begin with no I wasn't honestly (laughs) (laughs) wine wasn't on your radar no it was it wasn't but um I found it interesting and more when I started going to school mm-hmm. and I went to Allen Hinka College in San Maria. Great program. And I did go take some, I took the vineyard operations mm-hmm. and they actually do have a vineyard there at college. Right. So I, they would show us, they would um, explain um, the procedure and wine and vine growth and what decisions can affect it to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you learned a lot about soils, um, like drainage, like, you know, soils as much as more drain or more and more like, um, what's like clay, clay. Yeah. Yeah. We're sitting on clay right now. It's the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And we learned about a lot of things there at school. I mean, Mm. I liked it. I found it interesting and I decided to, I mean, just do, do that for a living. Yeah. Cause I enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. But at the beginning, it's very different from what you're no. doing now. No, because I needed, I mean, I needed to work. Yeah. Because um, I had a, a little, I had my baby was my oldest kid. She was, I left her when she was eight months when yeah. I started working in a vineyard. Um, and I needed, basically needed money to yeah. to um, give her everything, all her needs. And um, then that's when, like I mentioned, I started going to school. And then I became a foreman mm-hmm. as a crew leader. And I found it really, like, interesting, especially interesting. And it's more to do something that you actually like. Yeah. And it has a lot to it. It has a lot of science, everything. Yeah. And leadership also, management. Yeah. Management, and t- you need to learn how to take your own decisions, too. Mm-hmm. Um, decisions <laughs> that, won't affect, that won't affect the vine growth at all. Yeah, because I mean the pruning system and all that. I mean that the the owners or winemakers decide that. Yeah, and then but other things always try to see ahead what's next or what needs to get done or yeah without you know people to be telling you and telling you make pro- your own decisions basically. Ooh, that's a lot a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, how long have you been supervisor now? Uh, I barely started last year. I would say around harvest. Yeah. Yeah. After I had, I just gave birth to my second child, my daughter, on April. And then did you start right away? 
Um, no, I came back on July, like oh, kind of okay. like the end of July. Yeah. Um, late, late July. Yeah. I worked throughout my whole pregnancy though. <laughs> oh my word. And yeah. Like, is it a physical job when you're foreman or supervisor? I mean, is it pretty physical still? Um, no, but it's a lot more responsibility. Yeah. You just yeah. got to make sure everything's getting done correctly. Um, go row to row, explain them and making sure that we're all on the same page. Yeah. And it's getting done correctly, like I mentioned, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever, um, this is a ridiculous question, but have you ever made a mistake? Yeah. I think I've... I would, I would say not, a liar not like bad, bad. Like, no. Not like bad, bad, like, you know, that it would have affected, like... Destroyed not, something. Destroy or, like, yeah. I haven't done a big mistake like that, thank God. Yeah. Because I do try to concentrate more. And we all have to learn from our mistakes. Mm-hmm. And it, learning from your mistakes makes you a better person, obviously. Yeah, for sure. But not big ones, though. Yeah, thank, that's good. Not that's big ones, really thank good. God. I haven't, I haven't made a big mistake. What's the hardest part of your job now? The hardest part is that, um, what would, how would I say it? You mean right now? Yeah, for this job or, or for right now. The hardest sure. part is that you do work. It's because a lot of people don't really accept. A lot of people don't accept like, oh, how, are, how is this? How is this girl going to, she's so young and she's going to come and tell me like yeah. what I need, what, what I need to get done. And a lot of people don't like that for some reason. Threatened. Yeah. yeah, they don't, I don't know how to explain it, but there's other words for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a family program, so no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, what, can I ask, how old are you? Yeah. How old are you? Um, 25. Nice. Yeah, I'm 25. <laughs> Wait a minute, how long have you been doing this, though? How long have um, you been working on cruise? I was for about seven, seven to eight years already. Oh, my word. Wow. Okay. So my oldest daughter is going to be nine years old, and that's about the time that you. Or I, right I left before. her when she was eight months. Right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. You've been doing this a long time. Yeah. So that's the hardest part. Is are you are you working with people who are significantly older than you a lot? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most hmm. of the time. You think that? But right now, I mean, I've always been like very communicative with with the crew. You, I, mm-hmm. I've never. Um, how can I say? I've never like like scream at like I don't scream at them I have mm-hmm. to treat them the way I would like to be treated mm-hmm. you gotta treat the person right you gotta show them and be patient with them like I've never exploded thank God towards anybody yeah. um in the in the crew at all yeah. I've always been I've always tried to be 100% patient with them mm-hmm. even though it's a little bit stressful but it's part of our job yeah. I mean and um I try to explain them step by step because, I mean, in order for us to get the done the job done right, we have to explain them, you know, every stage, yeah. everything. And I'm used to it. Yeah. And you're probably getting people who have never done this before, right? So there's a lot, is there a lot of teaching that goes into it? Uh, yeah. Like pruning, women usually don't prune. Yeah. We do um, start doing some training on the vines mm-hmm. as we're forming our cordons. And... Um, that's something a very delicate job, like I like yeah, I mentioned. Yeah. That's one. That's a very delicate job, because it needs to be done right. Mm-hmm. Especially, like I said, it takes three years to establish vine, and we have to make the right decisions for it, yeah. too. As um, as we're doing it, yeah, getting it done. So uh, the guys do pruning usually. Is it, is it you were saying something about it's like hard on your hands? Is it? Yeah, one time that I had pruned. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was hilarious because. 
I think I believe, yeah, it was Booker and Paso, Paso Robles. Yeah. Um, I had a guy and it was just all men and I was the only woman there. How did that happen? I have no idea. <laughs> it was so quick, but I ended up there for some. Yeah. And I was pruning and I had I came home like with a bunch of blisters in my yeah. fingers. Looked like I looked like balloons all over. My oh man. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. And, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would quote every day. Like I was like, I'm not going to give up. (laughs) If they can do it, I'm sure I can do it as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Let's take a quick detour here to talk about another consumed sponsor. Slow Food Co-op's mission is to empower health and well-being in the community by providing quality groceries, local produce, and exceptional customer service. Slow Food Co-op sources from local producers, ensuring they offer their shoppers great food and household staples. Slow Food Co-op is your friendly neighborhood grocer, maintaining non-GMO standards and a variety of organic selections. You can find Slow's only community-owned grocery store on their website at slowfood.coop and visit the Slow Food Co-op in-store at 2494 Victoria Avenue in San Luis Obispo, California. What was it like for you growing up? Where did you grow up? Uh, I was born in Santa Maria, and I grew up in Santa Maria. Yeah. So, yeah, that's basically I've been living there all my life. Yeah, that's home. Yeah. Ever, but since I started working here and in Edna, it's basically <laughs> like my second home, my job. Yeah. Because we spent most of the time, you know, in our job, then our house. <laughs> yeah. Are you still living in Santa Maria? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I still live in Santa Maria. What would you say is... Um, the best part about your job that you learn something new all yeah. the time like I'm looking forward to learning more about pesticides because I'm not I don't know as much from them I was like pesticides. ask you about that yeah I, coastal vineyard services does pesticide pest management right yeah but we have certain people that do it so yeah. certain certain people from our staff like for our team yeah um do do that but I mean I would love to learn yeah. from that I mean that's the good thing about this job that, I mean, they give us the opportunity mm-hmm. to learn. Yeah. And that's, honestly, I don't, I don't think a lot of companies do that. No, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it is fascinating. I, yeah. I, I used to be um, a reporter for Wines and Vines magazine, which was really, like, focused on the audience was um, vineyard managers, and, and which you would never know I was a reporter for that based on how little I know talking to you, but I would report on different practices and I would go to conferences for things like pest management. Um, Mm -hmm. And I found it really interesting just the way those, the way you can treat something like say, oh gosh, like what's a big... Mildew. Okay, so mildew. Mildew is a big issue. Huge. And the mealy, oh my, okay, so I did a whole story on the mealy bug and just the research I had to do to understand it. It's fascinating if you're not having to be the one to deal with it, but it's like problem solving constantly. Oh yeah. You just gotta learn, you just gotta control it. Yeah. 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 Like I mentioned, timing is everything to it. Right. Especially if you spray on time and, um, like I said, I'm not so familiar with pesticides as much, but I mean, I would love to learn. I think that's the Good thing of our job that we're we're all here to learn something new, especially that we don't know. Yeah. And you really want to do it. You're encouraged to do it, too, as well. Which is so cool. Yeah. Do you see anything changing in the time that you've been doing this? So eight years. Have you seen any shifts in the way people do things or um, 
Or any difference in, in the vines themselves? Mm, not much. Okay. No, no new pests coming through or new pressures or anything like that? No. Okay, I'll good. Like, yeah, that's good. Definitely. Yeah. Um, we do have, like, the pruning systems I had mentioned to you. Yeah. We, um, here in Edna, we have the spur, the spur pruning, which is a cordon. Yeah. Which is an established vine already. We have, um, cane prune, the head train mm-hmm. vines that we cane prune. Mm-hmm. And we have quadrilateral pruning is system. Is that the four? Yes. Um, yeah. Wires and it goes up, 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 up. Is that right? Yeah. We have, it's like basically two vines. It looks like two vines. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And goes out, sorry, and it, goes it's out an like esta- this. It's an uh, established vine, too. Like, it's going to stay okay. like that. We don't renew anything. It's yeah. just spur prune. Okay. And those are, I believe those are all the, turni- the pruning systems that we have here in Edna. You um, you mentioned before that when you came on, you've been working with um, Coastal Vineyard Services. Um, the owner is Kevin Wilkinson. Yeah. And so what's that relationship been like? I know he's been very supportive of you. Um, how has that been? Well, he's really supportive, I think, with all CVS yeah. uh, staff. We're our team. I mean, he tries to um, help us in a way for, like I said, he wants us to learn and be yeah. more, especially if you're encouraged to what you want to be or yeah. do. Um, he is very, he does, he's very flexible with that. Like, I really, he doesn't really, he, he just wants us to be 100% like, you know, that you like your job mm-hmm. and have a lot of communication. If you have any questions, work with your team. Yeah. Like say I have an, um there's some there's another supervisor that he yeah, he ha- he's been doing this for way more years. Yeah. Like a lot more. And I can ask him like he he basically wants Kevin likes it when we're a very flexible team and we work together and communicate. And he does give us the opportunities to, like I had mentioned, to learn, mm-hmm. which is, it's awesome, honestly. Totally awesome. Yeah. So he doesn't, we don't really get too involved with, with Kevin. Yeah. But he does, he's, he's there. So he empowers each team he, to yeah. handle its own stuff. Yeah. Which is cool. Mm-hmm. I think, I told you before, Kevin Wilkinson and I went to high school together. So, hey, Kevin, how are you? Which um, <laughs> has been so cool to know that he's doing great work and that he's even that he's involved in the wine industry I you know when you're young you have no idea what somebody's going to grow up to become and Mm -hmm. um so yeah I had no idea obviously that wine was in his future or in mine so it's kind of cool to to yeah he's he's really smart (laughs) yeah he is yeah. yeah um you, I think you said something about, are you still taking classes at Hancock? Or are you, like, planning to? I am planning to, definitely. Um, those are part of my plans, especially with this COVID yeah. gets a little bit more. Yeah, really. I mean, that would be hard now. Yeah, it is hard. And I I wanted to go back to school, like, when my baby gets a little bit more bigger, because she's still yeah. pretty small. And, like, How old I is she my, now, did you say? She's are 10 you? months right now. Oh, my gosh. 10 months. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Is she walking yet? No. Okay. She sits up, she crawls, but yeah. and my oldest is going to be 9 in September. Mm. Yeah. So it's is she a big helpful difference with the baby. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Extremely helpful. Cuz that's a nice age difference. Yeah. I thought about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> you did? Were you just Yeah, I did thought about it too much. It's it's a big difference. They told me, "Why did you take so long?" I'm like, uh, I don't know. You were busy. 
Yeah, I was going to school. Like I yeah. had mentioned, I was going to school. I I wanted to finish also. Like I stopped going um, high school because I had my oldest very young. Did you uh, ever graduate? Yes, I did. I got my nice. high school diploma. And how did you, I'm sorry to keep interrupting you, mm-hmm. but how did you do that? Um, it, it was it was very hard. It was a big challenge. Yeah. So I was actually working in the vineyard and then I would get home from work and I would start reading my literature, um, trying to catch up to everything. I was on independent study. Uh, I wouldn't go once a week to because um, I would go to school and turn in all my homework mm-hmm. and then I would get have some tests and then I would get graded and um it's the counselor told me she's like it's gonna take long you want your GED or do you want your high school diploma it's gonna take longer but it's it's, way harder to get your diploma right yeah Yeah. definitely because I was way behind on credits because I didn't um go to school when I was pregnant yeah so it was nine months Wow. without going to school wow so you're that far behind yeah I was very far behind and so I had to like I had my job I would go to the I would work and then I would have to um not I would go like I believe I think Wednesdays or Thursdays mm-hmm. to to school high school yeah. and I would turn in my homework and it took me a year almost like almost a year That's or a year amazing but I I finished it off though and I had my graduation and everything yeah with uh, the cap and the gown and everything yeah Right on. Yeah, definitely. Are you proud of that? Yeah, my uh, my oldest, she was, I believe, two years old when I graduated. Yeah. From wow. from high school. Did you have any help? No. <laughs> Not with watching the baby? Nothing Oh, like with, that. Um, my mom would watch the baby. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I think I did it basically more on my own. Yeah. I had, a, like I had told you, I had to come and I wasn't planning to do, vineyard was not in my plans. Yeah. Um. Be, like all this management and stuff that those were not in my plans as, as I was working yeah. I just needed to you know get a f- job and yeah. just so I can um will get my baby's needs yeah right make yeah. money yeah yeah make sure. money and so I fin- when I finished high school I decided to go to college mm-hmm. and I did go to Allen Hancock I would say like for two years but in separate separate like not all not all at once. Not all the semester. I didn't do all the semesters though. Yeah. But I did go for. I think I took. I took intro to viticulture. I did take uh, like vineyard operations yeah. too. Uh, those courses and it, it was awesome. You meet a lot of different people there, yeah. and, and the faculty. The the professors are great. I know. Oh yeah. 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 My, my my professor was Rick Fuller and yeah uh, Alfredo. Yes. Alfredo Coach. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, you're one of three people. Is that right? Three people on this season of the podcast who went through Hancock's um, viticulture program. And it's so phenomenal. And it's such a good, for people who want to go study wine and vit at Cal Poly, which is much more expensive, Mm -hmm. really hard to get into. It's so wise to go through Hancock first, where you get just like top level education that you can then transfer over if you want, you know, Mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He was, it's, it's funny because each instructor, they do have, um, their own different opinions to (laughs) managing, yeah, (laughs) managing a vineyard. It's, it's pretty funny, but I one time did get, um, exposed, not exposed, but I was put on the spot and I was so red because I believe, I think it was Rick Fuller. He, yeah, it was Rick Fuller. He told me, oh, so you work in Edna? I was like, yeah, I do. And he's like, all right, Elijah's going to come and show us how they prune in Edna Valley. And he puts 
everybody around me and I was so red. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I was no like, pressure. No, I, did, I was extremely red, but I mean, he already had put in everything. I couldn't, I had to do it either way. That is so funny. Yeah. And I started pruning some vines for them. And yeah. he, and when I would see him prune some vines, it looked like he was actually pre-pruning and not pruning. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. I was like, whoa. Was just, <laughs> that's like a, he would leave them like at least three or four buds. I was like, what are you doing? Wow. Well, yeah. Cause you're in there. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's not the way you prune. Oh. And he would just be like. I would like, why? Correct my mind. Come and show me then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you have um, do you have a role model in your life? I'm thinking about professors and teachers. And I mean, I could for sure see you teaching someday if you wanted to um, with all your practical experience and all your. Um, well, you seem enthusiastic about the job, which is so cool. Um, but those make the best teachers, you know. Who has been a role model to you as you've gotten to this point? Well, like I said, I do, I do work a lot with, um, I've mostly been working with another coworker that I have here in Edna. Mm-hmm. And he has showed me a lot of things too, as I am growing into the, you know, this industry. Mm-hmm. Um He's the one that has showed me a lot, too. And Kevin, he, he has given me the opportunity, yeah. which is, I'm ex- extreme, extremely grateful for it, yeah. for giving me the opportunity to grow more in this industry, too. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he has guided me, basically, like I said, my coworker, that he's a, he's actually a supervisor, too, as well, here in, in Edna. Mm-hmm. And I would say I had followed more as he has been guiding. Yeah? Yeah. And he's been patient about it. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, is it, I, I'm going to ask you about gender again, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, is it unusual to have a supervisor be a woman? I don't really see it much. Yeah. I think this is like the first company I've actually seen it. I haven't seen him in, in any yeah. other other company, but mm. I don't think it's usual. <laughs> Do you think that impacts your work? I, I mean, does it, does it... Maybe it relates to what you were saying before about um, sometimes people challenging you, you know, your authority. Do you feel like being a woman has anything to do with people treating you that way? Um, no. Yeah. But I mean, it's usually in like I've seen, in like in agriculture, I don't really see a lot of women like into it. Yeah. They're mostly like into either being um, medical assistants mm-hmm. or nurses or. Um, either like office work or something. Mm-hmm, That's usually mm-hmm. what a woman usually look for. Yeah. And you don't really see women into this agribusiness as much. It's not usual. I don't, I don't think so. Why do you think you like it? I like it because, how would I say it? It's something new and different that I've never never been into like work I've never worked in the fields ever and this is like the first time that I don't really see there's other people that say oh um they think very different about you know the agribusiness Mm. they say oh no you're never gonna make money out of there or Mm. they 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 see it different I don't know why but I've I've heard comments like that yeah yeah and it's not like that like no oh no definitely not there's 
there's money to be oh had. yeah i think there's more money in um <laughs> your eyes just got so big the, yeah there <laughs> yeah there's way more money into like this business more yeah definitely and there's more benefits too as well yes yeah and gosh it just flows the the Money for wine flows through, and they don't look into it, and (laughs) and they don't look into it. (laughs) Yeah, it's an amazing business. It's brought so much vitality and life to our area, and jobs. So good. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's totally okay. Um, tell me a little bit about your daughters. Are they? Um, what are they into? I'm sorry. I know one of them's ten months old. It's probably a little tough to tell at this point. Well, she, my ten month old baby, she's she's always she gets angry a lot. Does she, is she a little yeah firebrand? Yeah. Oh yeah, she is definitely. And my oldest, she's very calm. Mm-hmm. She likes to like if I get home, she'll be like, "Hi, mom. How was your day at work today?" Oh, mature. Oh yeah, definitely. Wow. And then she she's like. Oh my god! I'm well, so this sorry. is the life of a, a supervisor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're calling both phones. <laughs> um, yeah. So she's calm. She's mature. She asks you how your day was. Yeah, she's my like, kids would. she's like, "How's your day going, mom? Are you, are you tired?" Huh. She's like, "Oh, you need to get some rest." And then she'll be like, "Don't be so loud." She's like, "My daughter's my well, my first daughter's name is um, Candace Marie." Yeah, and my second is Kailani Mia. She's like, it's, "She's like Kailani is just she's." She gets so angry, mom. It's just so funny. It's just, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, well, why are you like making her mad? Because look, I'm just trying to read her a book and she's she's getting super fuzzy right now. I'm like, she just gets really mad. Yeah. And she puts her like, she likes Baby Shark, my baby. Love it. Yeah. And it's it, like, it literally starts, you know, how the YouTube has its commercial. Like, oh, I know. It and, ads. And even you mentioning it, now it'll pissed. be in my head for the rest of the week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She gets extremely pissed. I'm like, oh my God, Kailodi. And then she's like, I'm going to lower it down because you guys need to be, she's like, dad, you need to be quiet too because my mom needs to, needs to sleep. Oh. And she's, I don't know, she's so mature. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. And in school, like, I've never had like a bad, like a bad comment from her. Like, oh. she, her um, behavior is extremely good. Oh. She likes to participate a lot in class. Hooray. That's everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, her teacher said that, I mean, she's awesome. Yeah. So. What is your um, husband like? Like, well, what's he? What does he do? And what is he into? And he's into more like in um, learning more into pesticides. Now he, oh, he, does he work in vineyards? He, uh, no, he does. Oh, okay, he does a and what is it? The like the how do you say that? Like the strawberries and the oh, row crops and things. Row, like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, it's different. Yeah. Yeah, that's what his job is. I mean, he's home. He helps a lot, definitely, yeah. at home. Sometimes I get home, like, especially in harvest, I wouldn't have time to do anything. I'm Nothing, I'm nothing. sure, yeah. I would get home, I would have to cook, and then I would take a nap. Yeah. But he would definitely help out with dishes and everything, which Good. is clean, and I wouldn't have to worry about anything about it. Fantastic, because you're probably then waking up in, like, three hours to get back out there, right? I mean, mm. early morning yeah, and then in I Edna, want... that's always the case, right? Yeah, and I have to be on top of um, my daughter's homework as well Yeah, to check it. And her her teacher, my daughter's first, uh, my oldest teacher, she's um, she has a really good, what's it called? She's very communicative. She mm-hmm. emails me if there's anything going on or I need to be more into with my daughter's yeah. education education so she's really good is your daughter home schooling right now yeah she is 100 percent. 100 percent. 
Yeah, we just found out that school's going to start back up um, for us in March. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm grateful. And yet I'm scared. <laughs> I'm also yeah, <laughs> I'm scared. Like, I'm nervous. I don't I don't take my daughters out at all. Yeah. So it's either my husband does the shopping or I do the grocery shopping. Yeah. One of us, one of them stays home with the girls. I don't really expose. I haven't even had family reunions mm. with my family as much because I don't want to expose my daughters at all. Yeah. Because my oldest has asthma. So if she gets ex- she gets exposed, she's going to be really sick. Well, no wonder you're being careful. Yeah. And then my baby, she was a little bit sick, but my husband had took her to the doctor, her pediatrician, mm-hmm. and they did the COVID test on her. The little oh, swap on the nose. Oh, which is painful. Yeah. He I mean, said, it can be. He said she screamed be. really loud. Yeah. Like, my daughter freaked out when she had hers, and now she won't go get another one. <laughs> She's like, I know better than that. Yeah. Yeah, but we're taking extremely big measurements. Like, uh, we're really careful with COVID right now, in, yeah. like, at work. Yeah. Um, we, I think we've, we're trying to do, like, our best to keep everybody separate. Mm-hmm. And as they drink water, we disinfect equipment. Yeah the we we have to give the employees certain time for they can disinfect the tractors the atvs or whatever it's been used before and after good for them and um kevin has also proposed like put like gave us more um hand sanitizers big hand sanitizers as you know disinfect their hands all the time constantly yeah yeah so we're on top of that basically right now yeah it's more work. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. But yes, I'm sure it slows things down. Yeah. And we have to definitely um, check their temperature in the morning before they go in. Yeah. Ask everybody, you know, hey, how do you, if, you, if they have any symptoms, um, like either cough, fevers or anything. But I told them it's not a joke. Please take it really serious. Because, yep. I mean, everybody here has a family mm-hmm. and we need to be like conscious, you know. Yeah. That, you know. You have to know yourself and see if you have any symptoms. Recognize your symptoms. Yeah. And I ignore it. I was like, nobody's going to fire you. Yeah. <laughs> Just be conscious that you, you're going to end up infect. You can infect another family. Yep. Those and are all really good things to say. I, so, I mean, to take it seriously. Yeah. So that's what I do. I try to explain um, everything for due to COVID. And the foremans are doing a great job, too, on that. Good. So we're on top of that, definitely. They would have to have a face mask at all times yeah. as they're in a, you know, work site. So. Yeah. Do you ever, ever have time to do anything you enjoy? <laughs> well, whatever. on my free time, I like to watch movies with my kid. Yeah. I have, she loves Netflix or Disney Plus. And yeah, that's same. All. Yeah. That's what I do with my daughter. And I like to, I'm not... I'm not a social media, like, mm-hmm. I don't really, I'm not into Facebook, I'm not into Snapchat. Yeah. I feel like it just takes too much of my time. That must be why you seem so healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, your mental health seems pretty solid, yeah. Yeah, so I, I stay away from that. So, yeah. I mean, I can, those 10, 15 minutes, I can, like, have a conversation with my kid. And sure. if she can see that I'm, like, on her, like, I, she has me there. Yeah, yeah. And probably just... Whenever they she wants like food from outside, like you know, sometimes they're craving take like, out or something. They want like food, like hamburgers or something. Yeah. It's all takeout or delivery or something like that. Nice, nice. Yeah, I don't like to expose them at all. Yeah, yeah. Good for you. Um, I remember you saying once before that you love to. I think 
when I asked you what you liked in your free time, you said, because um, we talked once before this, you said you liked to walk the rows of the vineyard early in the morning. Yeah. Which I have not forgotten that. I think that that's... Yeah, actually, it's it's fun. It's peaceful. And, and like, it's peaceful, honestly. Yeah, yeah. All those... I like to walk through it and just... I sometimes go on a block and I prune some vines or check out the vineyard. How it, I think that's... Honestly, I think it's relaxing. Yes, yeah. Yeah, which is so cool. Well, I ask everybody at the end of a conversation, if you wanted to celebrate your life with a huge, wonderful meal, and COVID was not an issue, and you could have people there, um, what would you eat and drink, and who would be there? Um, I would like to be with my family, definitely, my kids, and my husband, and I think lately my favorite food has been the tri-tip sandwiches. Yeah, where They're do you get so yours? Good. I like, I like, Firestone. Firestone's yeah. delicious. Yeah. But if I want to go something that's really close, Barbecue Land. Where's Barbecue Land? Barbecue Land is in Santa Maria. It's really good. Where is it in Santa Maria? <laughs> it's actually on Carmen Lane. Oh. It's the one in the corner. Yes. They I've have never extremely, extremely good. Um, the ribs, too, are super delicious there. Oh, my gosh. Noted. Okay. Yeah. I love it. And they, it's freshly made. Yeah. Yeah, they have, I think that's like the only place to sell barbecue at in Santa Maria, but it's I really good. I love tri-tip sandwiches. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I, I recommend you the, <laughs> the ribs. They're so good. Okay. So you might, at your big celebratory meal, um, you might have ribs and tri-tip sandwiches. Definitely. Do you drink wine? Um, yes, I do. Okay. But I haven't lately Yeah. because um, cause of my, I have gastritis. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I get really bad heartburns. Oh, and wine will do that for sure. Yeah. So I do have, I love wine, honestly. Yeah. I do have a glass once in a while, sit mm-hmm. down, relax. Like I, in my free time, I also like to um, go through, because I have all my lectures too. And when I was going to school in Allen Hancock. Yeah. I have all of them and I sometimes like to read them. Just kind of refreshes my mind. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes we have a lot of things in our head too. That's going on, or like I had mentioned, I either watch movies with my kids. Yeah, yeah. That's lovely. Well, thank you so much for taking time to meet with me, and um, mm-hmm. good luck with the pruning. Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure to be with you. Listeners, I hope you've learned something, felt something, or been pushed to taste something new during this episode. I'm getting a buzz just thinking about it. If you want to learn more about Consumed or any of my guests, go to letsgetconsumed.com. Very special thanks to my stalwart editor, Chris Lambert, who helps me out when he's not working on his own project, the wildly popular true crime podcast, Your Own Backyard, about the disappearance of Cal Poly student Kristen Smart. There's new movement in that story, by the way, so look the podcast up right now. Also, if you like Consumed and think more people should hear it, please review the podcast wherever you like to listen. That always gives me a thrill. Okay, until next time, I'm Jamie Lewis.